The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back, everybody, to The Daily Sales Show, where we bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. I'm your host, Adrian Saya, and today we are talking about what the top AEs do in their day to day. You want to perform at your highest level, the best way is to learn from your peers and just learn from the people who have been there and done that. So really excited to get into it. Now, as always, I'd love to know, let us know where you're tuning in from. We're usually worldwide. Is it Florida? Are you looking from, you're from Europe? Let me know. Just throw it in the chat. Love to see some of these. And thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Looks like we have Simon from Boston. Welcome, Simon. Great to have you here. We got Alex from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Great to see you again. And we also have someone from Ireland, Dublin. Great to see you here, Richie. Thank you for coming. Love to see you guys here. So who do we have today as our guest? Today, we have Morgan Buchanan. She's an account executive over at Speckit, along with Brian Lamana, also an account executive for Midmarket over at Gong. Welcome, guys. Lovely to have you all here. Now, Morgan, what are the top traits that you think best AEs have in common? So I think that it's the ability to keep an even keel, no matter how well or how badly you're doing. So sales has really high highs and really low lows. I think the question is for top performers, how do you stay level throughout those two two points. So how do you stay focused when things are going really well, you're on top of the world? And then how do you not get super down on yourself when things are not going well? How do you get dig yourself out of that and get yourself back to the middle? And I think that top performers are really good at doing that naturally. I love that. It sounds like you're just very good at doing the feedback loop for yourself, but instantaneously, right? That's so powerful. I love to hear that. So we're going to get into this and so much more. But before we do, if you're looking to level up in 2023, we are here to help with the Daily Sales Show and our membership and instant access to trainings and resources. This membership is designed for individuals and teams. So be sure to check us out at sellbetter.xyz or just scan the QR code here on the screen below. So be sure to check that out and see what we're all about. Of course, we wouldn't be able to do this without our partners. So special shout out to Apollo.io. You guys want to see what it's all about. You can check it out for free with this drop of the day link. I'm going to go ahead and throw in the chat. And if you mention John Barrows and this webinar, you have the opportunity to get 25% off for an entire annual plan. Guys, don't miss out on this. This is one of the best ways to get email addresses, phone numbers. Be sure to check it out. It's very powerful and it's free. So <laughs> check it out. Now, what are we going to be covering here today? We're going to be showing you all what you need to be doing in your day to day how to spend the afternoon, and lastly, how can you wrap it all up and make sure you're following it up effectively. Now, I want to know, who is in the room? Do we have SDRs? Do we have AEs? Frontline managers? Senior leadership? Let me know. This helps tailor the conversation. If I see more SDRs, I'm going to be asking SDR questions. Senior leadership? Senior leadership questions. Even account management managers, which I'm already seeing here in the chat. Love to see it. I will be asking these questions, so be sure to fill this out for me. And everyone, do me a quick favor. Go ahead and switch your chat over to everyone. Click that blue button in the chat and switch it over to everyone. This helps everyone actually see what you post. So be sure to do that for me now. So I'm already seeing here that there are a ton of AEs in the room. Brian, does this surprise you at all? 
I'm, I'm excited to see it. Uh, always good to have a mix of all roles, but uh, excited for everyone being here. Fantastic, fantastic. So let's get right into it. You want to start your day off strong. You got to make sure that you have the right morning activities. Morgan, what's the best way that you like to start off your mornings? So I like to start off my morning with checking in on my AE dashboard, just seeing where I'm at, seeing if there's any MQLs that I need to follow up with first, but I always do my emails in the morning. And so I have my outreach task set up to go through my email, LinkedIn, anything where I'm not like actually talking to someone on the phone that I can just kind of filter through in the morning. Um, I like doing that, getting it out of the way so that the rest of my day is focused more on those in-person interactions. But I have my emails to heat up to send whenever they're going to be opened the most. So for most people, I believe that's the afternoon, I think like between three and five. So I heat them up in the morning, get them ready to send out and then outreach sends them out for me. All right. And Brian, how about yourself? What are one of the strongest ways that you like to set up your mornings? Specifically says there's over 60% AEs here in the room. Oh. I'm sure they would love to know. How do you like to start off your mornings? Yeah, I think the most important thing as I think about like for the AEs in the rooms and, and really all roles as well is like starting your day with a plan and starting your day on offense, not defense. I think, uh, and I, I've fallen victim to this as well, but I think too many folks when they start and get online, they casually go through Slack, they see where they're at on the dashboard, they casually look at their emails and, and everything else. They don't really have a plan. So I like to keep it really regimented. The first thing I do is I go through every single one of my open active opportunities. And I simply ask myself the question, is there anything I can do today, uh, Friday, March 10th to advance this deal? Right. Is there a case study I could send, an agenda to put in the invite? Is the meeting next week that I could confirm right ahead of time? So I go through one by one. I basically make a to-do list. You can do it with Google Tasks on calendar. You can do it pencil and paper. It doesn't really matter. And the next thing I do is once I have that list, just like Morgan, I go through and I execute all of them and I get those emails out of the way with and just schedule send, right? If you're doing this at 7.30 in the morning and you're hitting up a Pacific account, Make sure you schedule send it so you're hitting your inbox at the right time. But starting my day on offense with a plan that's the same thing every single day helps me really kind of keep control of, of what I can. I love that. Now, we mentioned drafting up emails. Morgan, do you like to use a template for this or is this more kind of like ad hoc, like um, research and personalization going into it? That's a good question. So I think for like pre and post discovery, post demo. I like to have a template, but I always personalize it. However, I do have to give Brian some props here. I did, after our pre-show call, he was talking about doing that with your the opportunities that you have currently open. I did that. I was like, what case studies can I send? All of those, I didn't use a template. I just kind of typed up a quick email, sent it over. I used Lavender. Um, and I revived some ghosted deals. Some people were like, oh yeah, by the way, that time actually doesn't work for me. Can we do this time? So like do that, what Brian just said, because it's a great way to start your day off. But yeah, I do use templates for for other emails. Fantastic. And how about time blocking? I've heard this is just a powerhouse way of being able to set your day up for success. Brian, do you have a specific framework you like to time block in? What do you like to do? Yeah. So my goal kind of following those first two steps, right? I strategize first, then I execute. And now hopefully I'm done with like all the admin, all those emails I need to send out, all the prep work. My goal is to be done with that every morning by like 9 a.m. 
And then I just evaluate that same day's calendar and any white space I see, I time block it. I try to get really, really specific with it and try to make sure it's focused on more like revenue generating activities. So if I see an hour free today from 12 to one, maybe I block and I say, my goal is to sequence three new accounts. Or if I have three to four open, I say, hey, my goal is to make 30 dials, not just prospecting, right? So then I can hold myself accountable and do that later in the day. I see. Now, I know you had an example here for us of what your calendar looks like. Can you tell me more about this? Is this something that is very customary for you to have just a lot of back-to-backs? Yeah, it probably looks a, a bit chaotic for, for anyone looking at the screen here. So keep in mind, I, I just do this morning of in terms of the time blocking because I try to keep my calendar as open as possible for SDRs, for inbound demos, things like that to book. I do have a good amount of back-to-backs though. So if you just look at like, we'll use Wednesday, that third one as the example. I started by strategizing my plays. I execute, I was done with all of them by late morning time. And then I built in a couple of things that I wanted to do with the rest of that day. Tuesday, I was sequencing new accounts. On uh, Wednesday, I was prepping for accounts and I even built in breaks as well. Fantastic. Now, I want to know from our audience, do you guys time block activities throughout your day? Simple question, yes or no. Let me know. I am very curious because when I was really first beginning, I was just kind of going for it. You know, just, hey, whatever comes my way, comes my way. Wasn't really planning. And then as time went on, I learned a lot of value from time blocking and what it can do to save me time in the future. Now, Morgan, how about yourself? What do you like to do when it comes to your calendar? So I do a little bit of time blocking, kind of like what Brian does. I I like to leave white space for inbound to book. I don't really want to clog up my calendar with a lot of things. I do time block um, more like reminders for myself throughout the day. So if I've got a task that I know I have to complete, I'll put a little 15 minute block in my calendar so that it populates and it alerts me to the fact like, hey, you didn't send that email. Um, But I think that what's really important for me is that when I do look at my schedule for the week, I put blocks before any discoveries or demos or anything like that even if i've already prepped beforehand just to like make sure that nothing books back to back for me um so like for a discovery i might block the 30 minutes before and know that i have that time to do account research to look into who i should be multi-threading and things like that for a demo i might block an hour if i want to go back and review past calls really strategize on how i want to how I want the conversation to go um, and things like that. All right. Fantastic. And when it comes to holding yourself accountable, Brian, what are three things you like to do? I know you had an example here for us. So let me kind of bring this up. Can you tell me more about these? Yeah. So I think uh, I think in terms of like taking advantage of the white space in your calendar and time blocking, my, my goals with that kind of revolve around three different metrics in essence that range in terms of kind of quantity uh, to quality at the very bottom. So just in general, something I try to keep a benchmark on is like, how many total activities am I making on a week over week basis? Mm. Kind of mid funnel in there is of those activities, how many meetings were I actually able to book, right? From a prospecting lens. And then where the real money comes in, how many actually showed up and qualified and I was able to get uh, the meeting to not just happen, but also move to the next stage as well. I see. Now, Morgan, how about yourself? What do you like to kind of have as your benchmark for accountability? Yeah, so I'm full cycle. 
So I like to hold myself to similar um, standards as the BDRs are held to. So right now that's 250 calls and there's no email minimum, but I generally like to send out a lot of emails because that's actually where I do better. Um, so I do hold myself to that standard because I'm responsible for the entirety of my pipeline. Um, but I think similar to Brian, like you can do all the activities in the world and it doesn't matter if you don't book meetings. And so the expectation is that AEs will book two uh, qualified meetings for themselves each week. So that's another benchmark that I go off of to know whether or not I've really been successful that week. Fantastic. Now I'm seeing here that our audience, they do like to time block sometimes about 49%, 41% said yes, and 9% said no. Brian, when it comes to holding yourself accountable, how can time blocking work for that? Yeah, I think for me, it's it's being like oddly specific in each block. So as I kind of referenced to earlier, not just saying like follow-ups or not just saying prospecting, saying like how many new accounts are in a sequence, how many LinkedIn messages you're going to send, how many cold calls you want to make. Uh, that for me, at least just, just holds me a little bit more accountable. And I'm a full cycle seller as well. I know most of the room here is AE. So We've all been in a situation before where we might have something time block later or at least plan to make those calls and a different fire drill happens and you have to be a little bit flexible, but I try to stick to it as, as the best line ability. All right. Now I'm seeing here that meetings booked is a big one. We want to make sure that we can keep this pipeline full and healthy. How can you build better momentum, Morgan, when it comes to this? Because I want to hold myself accountable to meetings booked, but it's not something that happens right away. So how can you make sure it happens more steadily? I think um, being very aware as to what is and is not working for you. So I started to notice that my cold call, my meetings booked via cold call were not showing up. And so I started working on how do I make my skills stronger? How do I upskill myself? to make sure that I'm having those meaningful conversations with prospects who do want to talk on the phone so that I can ensure that I'm filling my calendar with qualified meetings. I'm not spending time prepping for things that aren't going to go anywhere. Um, so I think you just have to be very, very, um, not so much critical of yourself, but you have to know where your, your weaknesses are. And if you don't know, you've got to ask because there's no other way that you're going to level up if you don't know where your weaknesses are, where your blind spots are, where you can improve. Okay. Now, speaking of cold calling, Brian, how do you like to go about it? And that way it's, it's actually effective throughout your day. Do you cold call in the mornings, in the afternoons? Uh, there's a lot of controversy around this. So what do you like to do? <laughs> uh, any at all times, I'll, I'll echo cold calling is not dead. Email is not dead. LinkedIn is not dead. I think uh, to Morgan's point, like it's having that self-awareness with your own game. Like what is a strength of yours? Uh, which medium are you most effective? I think always a blended approach is pretty good, but uh, to directly answer Adrian, it, it depends. Uh, it depends on when I have that white space available. Sometimes I'll hit it first thing from you know 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. And sometimes it's, it's left for end of day. I like to kind of mix it in and, and uh, just mix it up. All right. Now, if you guys don't know, Brian has an incredible cold calling framework that we want to share with you all. So I'm going to go ahead and drop it in the chat. One of the best ways to structure your cold call. So that way you can actually set yourself up for success here. So be sure to check it out. I'm going to go ahead and drop it in the chat. Check it out. Now, when it comes to this, do you have a specific metric, Morgan, that you like to hit? Like I'm, my day is not complete without sending 150 emails, 200 calls. Like what is your metric there? 
So I think you have to keep track of what you do every single day. Because if you've got this weekly goal set for yourself, you can't have an hour of white space on a Friday and be like, yep, that's where my 250 calls are going to come in. Like you have to be very, very disciplined every single day, knowing that you're setting yourself up for success by the end of the week. So um, I think that for me, a successful day looks like I know that I've done enough activities to set myself up well next week and beyond. Um, in addition to, of course, having great conversations with prospects and moving deals forward and, and all of that good stuff, but it starts at the top of the funnel. And so ensuring that um, that you've done your best, that you've done what you can do, you've controlled your inputs as much as you can control them, that's what success looks like for me. Fantastic. And Brian, would you say you kind of hold yourself to the same uh, standard? Like it's, it's more about is this something that complete that is completed for me? Is it fulfilling for what I'm strong in? Yeah, I love that answer, Morgan, as well. I think I think for me, it's just it's trying to to make the absolute most use out of every single day, uh, like as sellers and full cycle. And there's a reason we're talking a lot about prospecting because it's so so important to always be focusing about top of funnel, even in the day of a life as an as an AE. And um, for me, it's just about doing more with your eight to five, your you know eight or nine hours per day than than the person next to you. And how I do that is, uh, I'm not context switching a ton. I'm you know able to deliver on that one hour of calls or that one hour emails, and um, just make the most use out of every single day. All right. So let's move over to more of the midday. What do you guys like to do? Is there a specific thing that you focus on the most? Um, is it you know, setting yourself up for the next upcoming meetings? Is it more calls, more emails? Morgan, what do you like to do in this instance? So middle of the day for me is usually when I do have those discovery calls, demo, negotiation, anything like that. Um, that's also when we have a lot of internal meetings as well. So generally, that's where I get the bulk of that done. Um, but I do also sometimes cold call in the middle of the day. I generally like to operate of the mind of, you know, how would I like to be prospected? I personally wouldn't want to get a cold call at eight in the morning. I also know that that's when a lot of people do have meetings. And so um, I do like to cold call like lunch and after. So if I've got some white space in my calendar, I might block off some time to do like 50 calls then. It just kind of depends on the day. Okay. And Brian, what do you like to go with when it comes to the midday? Yeah, it depends for me a bit too. I think uh, I think I usually have a good chunk of meetings in there, and I think at the same time, like if I have a you know eleven to eleven thirty, and I have something from twelve to twelve thirty, I don't want to necessarily like jam you know ten calls in there uh, between getting ready for a call and coming off a follow up as well. So uh, I make sure that I'm just like fresh, especially if I have like meetings kind of you know staggered. To Morgan's point earlier, like I don't think we typically can do our best as sellers when we have those back-to-backs. So if anything, I'd want to build in that 15-minute, that 30-minute buffer, whatever you need to make sure you can deliver on that next meeting, review your notes, grab some food, grab a snack, anything like that. Um, I'd say most of my top of funnel activities will come more early morning or late afternoon. Okay. Now let's talk a little bit more about the meetings because it's probably the biggest portion of an AE's day-to-day is running these demos and making sure they're set up for success. Morgan, what do you like to do to make sure that your demos are actually in a good place 
and you can actually start them off strong. Yeah. So a little bit of that, like blocking off time beforehand to make sure that I'm focused, make sure that the research that I'm doing is fresh top of mind. So whether it's an hour or 30 minutes before a demo, blocking that off to make sure I'm fully prepared and ready. Um, but then I like to, after the demo, I fully believe in the power of a follow-up email because we're humans. We're going to think of like, oh my God, like I should have said that and I didn't. And that was really important. You can always send it in a good follow-up email. And so I like to wait to send the follow-up email later in the afternoon. I might jot down my notes in Salesforce like right after the demo. But I like to let the conversation marinate and see what I think of before I actually start thinking about sending that follow-up email. See, now I know we have an example here. Do you mind breaking it down of what this follow-up email actually looks like? Yeah. So yeah, we've got two here. So one is my, the one on the left is the pre-discovery email. And these are, I cannot take credit for these, by the way. These are stolen from Nate Nasrallah. He's got great frameworks on his website. I think it's fluent.io. You should definitely go check it out. Um, and so this first pre-discovery email, I like to run my discoveries as just a conversation. And so it felt really um, not authentic to lay out an agenda. And I think Sam McKenna said, you know, it'd be really weird if you sat down for a first date and you were like, hey, this is the agenda. This is what we're going to talk about. And then if there's alignment, we're going to go forward and we're going to have a second date and we'll go from there. Does that sound okay? And so I understand like the need to set an upfront contract. So what I say is, hey, super excited, blah, blah, blah. I like to keep these super conversational. Don't really have too much of an agenda. But then I can say, you know, if they've responded to my email, which typically people do with the anything else you want to be sure we cover, I'll say like, hey, I know that you want to be sure that you cover XYZ feature. We'll get that, blah, blah, blah. Um, again, I do customize this based on who I'm sending it to. This is just a, a framework that I use for myself. And then for the post discovery, um, I do switch this around sometimes. So sometimes I'll do the, like, if we've got very clearly defined alignment, I will put a little bullet list of, you said this, this is how spec it solves it. You said this, this is how spec it solves it. But let's say that maybe they're not, they're not super qualified, maybe they don't have budget, maybe they don't have timeline, but you want to send a quick and punchy email. This is what I use for that. And so again, stolen from Nate Nasrallah, kind of wanted to back away from what I think a lot of other people do, which is just like, here's a case study. Good luck. So um, this looks a little bit different. Again, I use Lavender too. So um, I don't know, I would be curious to hear feedback from the attendees, what they think of these, if they got them, what would they do? Uh, curious to hear feedback. Yeah, let us know in the chat. What do you guys think? Do you guys using like using something similar? Do you use something different? Let us know. Just throw it in the chat. See if this could be of use to you. Now, Brian, do you do something similar? I know you actually do more of a bullet pointed approach. Can you tell me more about that? And you had an example here for us that I can share. Yeah, we'll highlight the the visual in particular. Yeah, I, I keep it pretty. Um, I try to keep it pretty clean in terms of the formatting. So the approach I take and. Uh, to echo Morgan's well, I cannot take full credit for this. A lot of other gong sellers use something similar. Can't remember exactly who I learned it from, but we like to position things in terms of what their current state is today without our solution, their ideal state, next steps, and then any resources. So I think of current state as basically the challenges they're facing. The ideal state is their goals and maybe what some of that ROI looks like. As you can see with some of the bullet points though, I'm not discussing like everything about my product. I'm not saying 
these are X, Y, and Z features you liked, or you like this uh, certain area of the platform. I'm using their verbiage from what I learned. I'm trying to use their exact words so that 90% of this follow-up is about them. Maybe like 10% is about us. So this is my framework that I just use and repeat over and over. I'll make some tweaks. Sometimes I have three bullet points. Sometimes I have five in this case if I, if I got stronger discovery, but uh, there's no right way or wrong way to go about it. I think just having something that, that's like scalable and uh, lets you churn these out pretty quickly as well, because candidly, as a prospect, you are going to look at it, but you're not going to read every single sentence or every single line. So make sure whatever is most important really stands up. This is so true. Now, I want to hear from our audience. Put a one in the chat if you guys feel these frameworks can actually help take your email game to the next level and put a two. You want to start implementing these right away. Like right now, I need to start doing this. <laughs> I'm already seeing this all blow up. This is great to see. Love to see it, guys. Now, when it comes to this, accountability is a big thing. We already talked about it, but I kind of want to just recap on this because when it comes to actually setting yourself up for success, if you let things slide, it just had builds an unhealthy pattern. When it comes to actually holding yourself accountable with your peers, Morgan, do you have any good advice to talking to other AEs to kind of hold you to a good standard? Yeah, I think um, the sales team at Beckett were very, we're very close knit, actually, even for being remote. Um, just actually, funny, funny question to ask. Yesterday, uh, one of the senior AEs messaged me on Slack and was kind of talking shit to me about the fact that I was one email and one call below him on the activity levels. And so by the end of the day, um, I was one above him on each. So like I sent the screenshot of that. Um, but we, I think that we like to gamify a lot of things. So he was talking about doing like a March Madness uh, activity bracket for the AEs and stuff like that. But um, I've had, you know, accountability partners with people who are in my segment, like, hey, did you contact your five new accounts today? Um, so I think it just, it depends on the person and like what your, what your relationship is with, with your other folks on your team. All right. Now I want to hear from our audience. What do you guys like to hold yourself accountable to? Is it total meetings held? Is it the number of calls you've been making? How about emails sent? Let me know, throw it in there. We'd love to some of these answers because they're super important. And if you haven't, if it's none of these, go ahead and throw it in the chat. We'd love to see some of these and what they are. So I'm already seeing Kristen's here saying it's all about the emails and calls. Some of them is mostly deals closed, which completely understand that the deals closed is the money maker, which makes sense. And Brian, how do you like to approach your own colleagues when it comes to accountability? Yeah, I think I think it starts going uh, is a, is a little bit larger of a work uh, at least now versus when I joined. I think we we're around 600 employees. Now we're around 1600. So like our <laughs> mid-market segment by itself has about a hundred different sellers. So it all starts for me more than my team of six or seven sellers and holding ourselves accountable. So something we do every single Monday during a forecast meeting is we actually tell our leader what we're going to hold ourselves accountable to in terms of total activities, our goal in terms of meeting books, um, our goal in terms of within our forecast, which deals could potentially close this month, uh, this exact week. Uh, so really just saying it out loud, I think helps kind of build some accountability. There, there's something to it and would highly recommend uh, others to check it out as well. I think it'd impress your manager as well if you uh, came to a call ready for that. Love, love to hear it. 
Now, I'm already seeing here that a lot of our audience is talking about meetings held. And what I'm seeing in the chat, because it's blowing up, it, <laughs> is that people really think that all of these play a key role into making a very successful uh, point of accountability for your own metrics, right? Which, which makes sense, right? You're going to be doing it, even if it's 48% all about the meetings, 25% all about the calls. At the end of the day, all of this matters. So let's talk about these meetings that have been held. Morgan, what do you like to do as soon as a meeting finishes? I know you showed us this email template, but how do you make sure that all of it is kind of solidified for yourself on how you want to approach the next steps for this client? So actually, one thing that I do try and hold myself to is I take notes manually um, in my notebook, pen and paper, old fashioned. Um, so I like to take those notes and then type them up into Salesforce so that I'm, again, reading what I put down and putting it into Salesforce so it's like getting extra solidified in my brain. Um, and then I like to just table it. So if I've had a meeting block, you know, or if I've had a, a couple calls back to back, I'll go for a walk and I'll think about it and just kind of clear my head, put some space in between, like zoom out a little bit so that you can remember, you know, what actually matters to the prospect, what actually happened in the meeting. Um, and then again, yeah, I like to reserve those follow-ups for the end of the day. If I run out of time, I just do it the next morning. So like after I get off this call, I'm going to write a follow-up for a meeting I had at the end of the day yesterday because my brain doesn't work very well at the end of the day. So I know that I'm going to be better at writing that email in the morning. I love that. Love that. And I'm really big point that I want to stress here is uh, you just go for a walk, take a little breather. Brian, what do you like to do to kind of take your mind off of things when it comes to this? Because being working at a high level for a long period of time is for sure going to lead to burnout. What's one of the strongest ways you like to de-stress or just create some more balance in your day-to-day -day as an AE? That I love Morgan uh, said there, uh, zooming out. I don't know if that was meant on purpose or not with the pun, but uh, <laughs> definitely have to zoom out for a second. And then similar things uh, when it's not uh, terrible weather in Chicago, I love going for just like even a short 10, 15 minute walk midday. Outside of that though, like exercise, um, even just like getting away from my computer, you can see I'm working from home, like moving over to my couch for 10 minutes and like just like scrolling my phone, like you can recharge pretty quickly uh, in terms of your battery, uh, five or 10 minutes for me, even I feel like can can fuel me to get back after it if it's midday or something like that. And I do have a lot more calls, but um, just taking it one at a time. Okay. Now I want to hear from our audience. Be sure if you guys have any questions, throw it in the Q&A. I will be going to the Q&A very shortly. So be sure to throw it in the Q&A. Now, one of the biggest things is the afternoon, right? So we just talked about the midday, we got the morning, but what about the afternoon? How do you officially wrap up your day and make sure it's set up for success for the following day? Morgan, what do you like to do? Yeah, so I like to be sure that I'm in a good place with the opportunities that I've been working on that day. Um, so that like if I need to send those follow-up emails, if I need to, if I have some something that I didn't get done in the morning that needs to get done in the afternoon, I make sure to cross that off of my to-do list. But then I like to think about what meetings I have the following day and be sure that I'm in the right headspace for those. So of course, some meetings you need to prepare more than others. Sometimes you need to psych yourself up a little bit. Maybe you need to reach out to other resources on your team to make sure you've got all the information that you need. Um, so I just like to make sure that I'm really dialed in for the following day, um, that I've got all my prospects loaded in and ready to go um, so that I can start the next morning consistently. All right. I like that. 
And Brian, do you follow a similar process? Pretty similar. I, I would add, so I actually take no notes during my calls. No issues. sound crazy to some folks, but I just try to stay like hyper, hyper present. Uh, I talk with my hands often as well and just try to soak it all in and have a really strong conversation. But for that reason, I will spend some time end of day just kind of quickly reviewing those calls where I will only turn on the other speaker, speed up and kind of re-listen back in their words what they said to again, soak it in, make sure I can formulate really strong follow-ups that are in their verbiage. So a lot of those same activities and tasks and I'll make some, some, some call listening as well from that day. All right. Fantastic. Now, when it comes to outreach, how about prospecting? Now, we mentioned it very briefly. You like to do it maybe in the beginning. How much time do you like to set it aside for prospecting? Because as we know, AEs, they typically get a lot of inbound leads from their company if they're fortunate for that. <laughs> now, if they have to prospect a lot, how do you go about prospecting, Morgan? So I think that your pipeline should tell you how much prospecting you need to be doing. And so that's going to fluctuate, right? Like you might have, um, there might be a big conference and you might get slammed with inbound leads. And so maybe you might not prospect as much or it might be like the well is dry and you need to prospect all day. And so I think it just depends on where you're at. And that comes down to really knowing your book of business intimately. Um, but I think it also goes back to like what I said at the beginning about top performers being even keel. Even if you've got five meetings in your day and you know that all of those meetings, you're going to close that deal, you probably should still be prospecting when you've got those five meetings that you know are going to close because after those meetings close you like it never stops you're still going to have to do stuff so um i think it's it's being consistent with doing your prospecting and then tailoring it to whether or not you have enough uh, in the pipeline all right now i'm seeing here in the chat manual saying inbound leads what are those so there there are people who have the struggle of not getting those inbound leads Brian, what would you recommend those AEs do to make sure that their pipeline is always fresh? Yeah, I, I thought that was hilarious as well, Manuel. It's a, a funny comment. I, I know where you're coming from. I think a lot of us, especially a couple of years ago, might have been used to getting a lot of different inbound. And uh, times are a little bit different right now. Macro conditions are tougher and there's less people just actively looking for more software to add to their stack. So it's, it's challenging. Uh, I think it all starts with just like extreme ownership of like your own pipeline and like how you're going to get your number without needing help. Uh, to Morgan's point, it's like it's being very self-aware of your forecast for not just the current month, but the next month as well. And if things aren't looking great for this month or the following month, like you might need to kick it up and turn it into gear and put in a little bit of more time. And Conversely, uh, we run a lot of like trials or pilots over here. So those are really time consuming. And if I'm in multiple of those that, you know, could blow out my quarter, maybe I take a little bit of time away from prospecting, right? And I put time into this bottom of funnel where a little extra time could have a huge return as well. So I think it all starts with just being really aware uh, and being real with yourself from a forecast perspective of like where you need the help. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about that forecasting piece. Morgan, how do you dig deeper into how to forecast yourself appropriately? Because sometimes you may want to forecast to say this is totally doable. Things don't necessarily pan out the way you'd expect, either from a mi macro perspective or micro perspective. So how can you forecast effectively? 
Ooh, I mean, I really err on the side of caution. I had <laughs> uh, a manager tell me like, you like you are a little bit too conservative. Like this will close. It's okay to have faith in this. I'm like, it's stage five. We're in negotiation. Like they want us, but it's not going to close. So I am very, very, very conservative with my forecast. Um, I think that I... I mean, we drink our own champagne at Speckett, so all of our forecasting criteria is embedded right in Salesforce. Get at me if you want to talk about it. But I like to go through those qualifying criteria with each one of my deals to see like, hey, I'm missing this information. Can I get it? And if they can't give it to me, that's not going to be commit. That's not even going to be most likely. So um, I think that you have to be very, very real with yourself. And I think that leadership appreciates that because, of course, they don't want to go to the board with like, yeah, we're going to be at a million dollars. And then it's, oh, yeah, we're actually at 100K. So I think it's important to be conservative. Okay, conservative. And Brian, I saw here in the chat that you are the same way. You like to be more conservative. Why is that? Yeah, I think that's referred to as a, a sandbagger, right? Someone that <laughs> might put a number that's a little bit lower than, than they're expecting. And you know, I try to be as accurate as possible at the end of the day because I know uh, under forecasting is a problem as well. But I do want to take a little bit more of a conservative tone to it all. Um, there's a stat that's actually interesting that we looked at over here at my company, but 53% of deals that were in commit in 2022, so committed to close, did not close. Wow. There is a lot more risk out there. Uh, if you haven't had discussions with someone in C-suite yet, if you're not multi-threaded, uh, different factors like that, just being very, very aware of like looking at closed one deals and what actually does need to happen. And if you haven't gone through some of those steps yet, uh, you might just want to err on the side of caution or try to get in front of some of that risk as well uh, with your manager and a one-on-one, -on -one, a, a pipeline review, anything else. Okay. All right. Now, I'm seeing we have a couple questions here in the Q&A, so let's get right into it. Trevor here asks, what is your best advice on balancing pipeline closes and prospecting activities? 50-50, 40-60, what advice would you give this person, Brian? Uh, that's tough. I'd say close to 50-50. I think it's going to depend uh, kind of on the day-by-day, week-by-week nature to it all, but I'm curious, Morgan, if you have a, a different take than me. I mean, I think I take it back to like, what does your pipeline actually look like? You know, you can have one deal that you're really banking on and you better be sure that, you know, you're maybe you're multi-threading and like continuing to prospect into that account. Um, transparently, like right now I'm prospecting a lot. Times are tough out there and I want to be sure that I'm covered. And so I'm devoting a lot of my time to prospecting into new accounts rather than focusing on like things that maybe have stalled in my pipeline. Okay. Now, another anonymous attendee asks, how does your personal routine, i.e. working out, waking up early, eating healthy, affect your work performance? Morgan, do you have any uh, input for this? Yeah. I mean, it's huge for me. And I think that goes back to my time as a professional ballet dancer because I was like, I was so, my body was my work. And so I think that that's something that I'll keep with me my whole life. But absolutely, if I'm not eating well, if I'm staying up too late, if I had maybe like one too many glasses of wine the night before, I'm not going to be operating at my best. And I always want to be operating at my best. And so 
for me, I love to eat healthy. I love to get outside. So I wake up in the morning, I walk my dog, I make a healthy breakfast, some really nice coffee. Um, and then I sit down and get started. And then um, I actually work out in the evening. Um, but I find that that really, especially working from home, I'm living in a new city. I don't know too many people. And so getting out, um, working out, seeing real humans outside of a Zoom room is great. Um, and then I also volunteer too. So I volunteer with a pit bull rescue here in Dallas. And um, I love to to go there and feel like I'm giving back to my community and um, c- contributing to a cause that I really care about. That puts me in a good mood, which then I show up as my best self at work. Love that. Now, Brian, how about yourself? Do you like to do things in your personal life that help affect your work life? Absolutely. I think uh, it's it's so important. I think every person needs to just look at themselves and outside of work, what makes them happy, what brings them energy in life. And those have to be some of your non-negotiables that you can't let work get in front of those. Uh, for me, uh, that's things like working out and exercising as an example. I try to do it first thing in the morning. I will occasionally do evening workouts as well. But like what I found is how how my day starts usually is like how my day ends up being in terms of successful, not successful. Um, just getting off to a really strong start for me like helps get the energy, helps get the vibe. But it's different for every person. So like you need to know yourself. Just think about those things that bring you energy. Make sure that you're not negotiating with yourself or, or compromising those for work at the end of the day. All right, guys, be sure to protect your energy. Such a strong statement that really needs to resonate with our crowd because it is so true. Now, where can the people find you? I always like to ask. Morgan, where can the people find you? So they can find me on LinkedIn. I am Morgan Buchanan One. There is, uh, I think they're a college student. They have just the original Morgan Buchanan. So I've really considered like bribing them to change it. But yeah, Morgan Buchanan One. Um, I would love to talk with anybody who's been on today. All right. And Brian, where can the people find you? Same place, uh, linkedin.com. Uh, feel free to connect with me. would love to, uh, always happy to answer any questions or DMs or things like that as well. But um, LinkedIn is great. And I do write a newsletter as well weekly uh, that's also featured right in my LinkedIn. So um, definitely get a read if, if you'd want some actual sales advice. If not, no pressure as well. All right. Fantastic. Now, just to recap real quick, be sure to time block everyone. Have those time blocks set. Hold yourself accountable where it is necessary. Have those metrics. What is it that's going to hold you to your standards for the week, the day, the hours? Make sure to have that down. And lastly, have work-life balance. It's one of the most important things to make sure your battery is always recharged and ready to go for the next day. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you, Morgan. Thank you, Brian. It's been a pleasure having you here. And lastly, thank you to everyone who tuned in and we will catch you all on the next one. See you later. Thanks so much. Amazing. Thanks, Adrian.